the Small But Massive Podcast uh, Series uh, 14. Uh, you can get all the, the past podcasts that we've done on all the social medias and YouTube. Uh, but today's guests are Andy and Chris, musicians, songwriters, I should say fathers too, and uh, all around really good lads. And the biggest thing of the lot, you're the two-piece force of the band called Bonnevilles. <laughs> yep. uh, you're most welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So, lads, when you were growing up, uh, I don't want to say many moons ago, because, I mean, even I, I'm many moons after you, so it's kind of be an insult for me to say many moons ago. No, there. not really. No, so no, you two, <laughs> in my case, two quadruple moon, moon backs, <laughs> yeah. and for you guys... <laughs> Growing up uh, in Lurgan, uh, you both grew up? Well, I'm actually from Banbridge. So, so. you've got Banbridge. Yeah, Banbridge. Lurgan. <laughs> Sunny Lurgan. <laughs> so uh, it sounds deadly. It was a two-piece, if it were a two-piece Welsh harmony band, it'd be Lurgan, Banbridge, But we're not. So because there's two years here, it's like a double barrel effect. So if anyone is want to speak at any time, so... So I suppose yet again, Alaskans, uh, when you were growing up uh, at school and uh, about uh, the areas you were born in, what kind of musical influences had you got? Well, for me, it was all, it all came from my brothers, youngest of four older brothers, and they were all big into heavy metal, classic rock, heavy metal. And my dad was, he played drums in noble show bands, so there was always music on, but um, definitely it would have been, influence would have been from my brothers and it would have been heavy metal. That's how yeah. it's, you know. Got on the drums through that, you know. And your father, you mentioned the show bands here. Yeah. That's something uh, back in the day was a huge thing in yeah. North and South of Ireland. Massive, massive yeah, thing. Yeah, I was so, I was too young at the time, so I remember going to see and play once when I was very young, like yeah. And it was yeah, like it was big playing big halls, you know. That's I remember him telling me stories about playing big halls and nothing was mic'd up. You yeah. know, like even if he wanted to, help, if the, if he had to play harder to get above the crowd and stuff like that, he was hoping was that the front mics would be his drum sound. Yeah, that's that, yeah. and that's how it maybe was. And, and I mean, at them days, they wouldn't have the huge PA's they have now yeah. for you guys. And uh, so that influence, I suppose, uh, when you were growing up, you're saying about the heavy metal and all. And then when you went to like uh, your first uh, for you, Andy, when you were growing up, what kind of influences you got in, in your world of rock and roll? Yeah, uh, well. I, I mean, I grew up listening to my man and dad's records, but there was always music on in the house, but it was always kind of, it would have been just the radio. Yeah. But whatever, you know, we got that. But there was a lot of, I have this memory of a lot of sort of Charlie Pride records and yeah. uh, Kenny Rogers and yeah. stuff like that. Well, Charlie Pride would have been, remember, he was one of the first to come over here through Aiken Promotions back in the day. Is that right? Aye, mm. so he would have uh. been, aye, too, uh, he would have been uh, someone that... Uh, I think uh, the great Jimmy Aiken, God rest him, I think uh, he was one of the first big kind of iconic stars that oh, he brought in. Very good. Ah, so, oh, I have a, a vague recollection of this story, yes. You know, yes, so I just kind of, I suppose, uh, I know with, with promoters now, it's huge, everybody can draw on, but yeah. uh, maybe that's a connection to what you were saying there about well, the music. Well, well, you don't know, I mean, but, yeah. but you know, it was, it was like that in Red Charge. There was always a few soul records kicking about yeah. and things like that, and you know, Beach Boys and the Beatles and sweet uh, classics and stuff. But when I got into playing the guitar, a woman called Fra McCann, she would take a class, and it was. Um, I remember asking my dad, Dad, yeah. I want a guitar. It was eight years of age. Yeah. So he went and How got did me. you go about it? Did you say? just. just you I know, want a guitar. I, I, it was it's just, just simple as that. I, I want a guitar. Uh, because. In my imagination, 
Well, Elvis was always huge. I have yeah. an uncle that's an Elvis impersonator as well, yeah. you see, so it was always... That's every conversation uh, about El- Deep One, isn't it? Every, every conversation. Oh, he, he calls his wife Priscilla and his oh. house is called Graceland and all that. He's a lovely man. But, oh. So Elvis was always kicking about. So, the, But the icon of the guitar player, singer... Was always big in my imagination. Yeah, and who 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 back then, Andy well, would have been prob- just for people listening. Who would probably have been? Elvis? You know, when I think of that that iconography, yeah, that would be that. Yeah, if, if almost a silhouette. You've almost. got a similar quiff there in your hair. There, there we go. You well, have? Obviously, I'm betraying my my, my, my deeper, darker self. <laughs> but, but so Fran McCann, and she would teach us in the class, and it would be all these girls, and me, yeah. and I was too young to appreciate. Yeah, this situation at the time, uh, but she would teach us. Just you're too pu- young to curt. You're telling the people very, out there. very, 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 very too young. I was innocent as the drivens. No, twenty-seven. <laughs> twenty-seven. <laughs> but she would teach you how to strum and sing. Yeah, just chords. There's no scales, no no theory, no nothing. Just strum and sing and strum and sing, which stands by me to this day. But she she always did like a pop hits of the day, so it would be just like ABBA songs yeah. and the odd whatever. But I think what that's done. I'm sort of self-analyzing myself a wee bit when I say this. Yeah, no, you're fine. I always thought that that was a part of why I appreciate melody in music. So our music's heavy, but it's melodic. There's mm-hmm. always a tune there. Yeah. And I think that might be where that come from, that grounding. That hooking onto that, that, yeah. that wee hook. The that pop we, yeah. hook, yeah. you know. And that then sort of, then as I got older, then it was, I got into soul and blues and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it was sort of 14, 15, 16. So you were starting to form a you were starting to form a sound then. And aye, you, aye, and aye, you could say that. And what about you, Chris? At that time, were you formulating? A, a I remember of? I was like, I remember how I got on the drums. I was I was a huge Metallica fan. Yeah. And there was like, I really wanted to learn Sad but True, and I thought yeah. I'm gonna play. I want that sounds awesome on drums. I want to learn to play drums. And the good, my dad, even though he was a drummer, he never ever not once forced me or ever said like yeah. go and play drums or anything. Yeah, it yeah. was like kind of I picked it up. By myself, yeah. I was like, I want to learn that there. Dad was like, well, there's a drum kit. Here's a book. Learn the right way. Don't learn from me because I got too uh, many bad habits. Uh, and Cruising in all them dance halls and all them uh, guys, yeah. throwing, throwing sweeties well, and all at them. He probably... He, he <laughs> strawberries. Said, Would he, you like a wee pie there? <laughs> I cooked a wee pie there for you. <laughs> Rock on, bro. <laughs> Rock and sausage roll there for you. A pie on a cup of tea. <laughs> you, oh, thank you, Andrew and Christopher, for coming to our show. Sorry. Guys. Yeah, but now I'm thinking back, like, actually... He probably just said, oh, you learn yourself because he couldn't be bothered teaching yeah, me. Yeah. Probably it. But it was, you know, it was, all I was playing along with at the start was just, just love playing along to songs. And that's how, I yeah. mean, I, I never learned that song that I really wanted to learn yeah. until way on later because it took a while to get to that yeah. stage, you know. But you yeah. thought, yeah, it's like ending it to start, you think you can jump on and I can nail that. But it's, yeah. you know that, how technical it was after that. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's where it's a bit different, you know, because Andy is obviously a songwriter and he's all, you know, his melodies are awesome. It's all about, you know, I yeah. just hit stuff. You know? oh, well, well, no, <laughs> well, well, it wasn't just that. I, I think uh, what you're saying there is, you've got a great chemistry together and when you plug in, magic will happen. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you could get five people couldn't get the power and the control you two guys get. And you've seen that with bands, yeah, you know, right. in the it's past. probably where we have our heaviness is because of my heavy metal yeah. background. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. There's no yeah. doubt. But it's funny, you should say that, I was talking to someone during the week and I, was, I was mentioned this to Chris on the way up. We're yeah. completely separate from what we were talking about, but what it takes to be in a band mm-hmm. 
for what you're doing here, you're teaching all, you know, doing this great thing. Thank you. But it's not about, being a good musician isn't enough. Yeah. Being a good musician is part of it. Yeah. It's only a part of it. And it's sometimes it's not even the biggest part of it. Yeah. Because what you're doing out in the road with each other, what you're expecting as a human being, that's first. Yeah. The that respect, comes, the respect of each other. That comes before yeah. the music. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah. Then the music will yeah. work. And if it doesn't, you yeah. can't, you know. Um, you're a bloodline. You sort of just. Yeah, you're, 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 there's you're no two ways about yeah, it. And yeah. if you don't get on, you could have the best guitar player in the world, the best drummer in the uh, world, the best bass player in the world, uh, the best singer in the world. Uh, and they could all fucking hate each other. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. your, and that's going to mean nothing. Whereas you could take a guy that's good at guitar, okay at drums, dead on bass player, and can carry a tune. Yeah. And they could turn around and be the best band in the uh, world. Yeah. So you're saying just okay at drums then? Just okay. Yeah. Just okay. <laughs> just being okay is enough. <laughs> you're a good lad. Uh, you're uh, okay uh, at uh, drums. It takes a long, a lot of years to get the full apprenticeship in this franchise. <laughs> well, we tell people how long you were together and they go, whoa, oh God, he's a hard hitter. Uh, but see, and then what about your first bands when you were going, uh, you know? Oh, well, my first band, um, it was awesome because my secondary school, I remember the music teacher there, what was her name? It's really bad. We called her Kit Kat because she only had four fingers. Ah. Uh. <laughs> because it's terrible, isn't it? She's a piano player. But then she was only there for a while. She used to teach you recorder, you know, silly uh. things, piano. And then she left. She was old, she's an older lady and she left. And then Mr. Rafferty came in, remember? And he used to, he was younger and he was the one he brought in guitars he, and more music. Hap. He's more hap. Sorry, but he was more hap. He was he definitely, uh, yeah. He yeah. was a newy lad, like, and he yeah. was he was all, always memory. He was an awesome musician as well. I know he played in bands and all, but he was the one that you know there was musical instruments in the room. Yeah, not just through, the wee triangle. Not Ding. just that, yeah. And it was kind of through seeing all that, and then me deciding want to go play drums. That we joined, had a first band. It was a a thrash metal band called Shrapnel. Oh, shrapnel. Give us a verse there. Oh, <laughs> oh they were class. I remember shrapnel. I do. Uh, I did sound yeah. off. I did sound yeah. Was that the, the sort of band that took you out among people first? Yeah, well, that would have been really small, like local, local, really small. Well, as everywhere, yeah, everyone yeah. starts. We have to play yeah, somewhere course, in the, yeah. the local town. And I think it's important, I suppose, guys out there for younger people that are listening, yeah. uh, that uh, it's all right to play the local hall at the start and, and local to, place. You have yeah, to learn, yeah. or your school hall, yeah. or your As gig. long as you're doing it, yeah. Paddy. Yeah. That's, that's the thing, you have to do yeah. it. Yeah. And, and if you're procrastinating too much, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Get out there and get it done, even if you get it done by... No one ever started perfect. No, no, you know, no, you've no. Got, you're going to be rubbish. It's uh, okay. Embrace it. Get you, better. You have to have the rusty string for it becomes all silver <laughs> yeah, and silk. <laughs> not the rust album. <laughs> exactly. So what about yourself, Andy, about bands when you were growing up and, and School learning? School band, aye. aye. So I was, uh, I played a bit of guitar, I played guitar, I was told you, and then a fella come to me and he said, would you play a bass? And I didn't even know what a bass was, to be honest. Yeah. Was probably 13 or 14, 14 yeah. maybe. And it was a Smith's just doing Smith's songs. They are. So they were big at the time. And uh, they were the they were the wee Smith's weirdo gang who uh, I had nothing to do with. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the flowers? I, oh, they were there all walking around being all <laughs> reading poetry and all. And I was just wanting to play football and smoke figs. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the, 
but I would just aye I'd be in a band aye. so I, aye. I'm a big guy for saying yes to everyone yeah. and then going what is it aye. but you had a, but it's it's, uh, it's like sitting here now you're, you're veterans talking away it's like you know throwing yourself in there sometimes aye. that at first initial throw on stage is probably yeah. uh, you're not too sure about it but it's one of the moments that you have to build upon and yeah. that's where I suppose yeah. and then with going through there uh, you're both of the sort of school bands uh, you guys both met in uh, 2009 is that right? It was a wee bit before that. Probably a good bit with other bands, yeah. Aye. Aye. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So we actually played another band before this. Deadly. So uh, I was playing, Chris was playing a band called Childish Thoughts, mates of ours again from Lurgan and Banbridge. Was there and a wee scene there? At that it was time? a wee garage rock scene. Yeah, we, we, yeah it was all yeah. around the time. All the, uh, the uh, you know, like the White Stripes and the Von Bondies and yeah. the Sight. And the yeah. Detroit Cobras and all yeah. that Detroit garage scene. So all those indie record labels of the early noughties, they were starting to come up and they were sending bands over to Europe and then they would play in Ireland and whatever and we'd go and see them. Play, places like Aunt Annie's, you there know, you go. Yeah, small, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you'd go and see so um But you were seeing international acts come in. See, this is the important bit. Do you know what I mean? This is the important that bit. Is that. That's what I was saying to you yeah. earlier. So I was watching them. I'm a, I'm I, I'm a bit of a quick study. So I'm watching them and watching what they're doing. And they're selling merch. Uh, our bands aren't selling merch. Why are our bands not mm -hmm. selling merch? The band, they're on the merch stand. As you, you're going in to see this band from Detroit, whose album you adore. You think they're going they're to stand on the, uh, they're all swanning backstage and all, but not. And we're, because we're all embarrassed about money in Ireland and we don't talk about that. And no <laughs> one wants to, if you, if you go and ask for how much is the t-shirt, I should just keep it. I still do that. <laughs> still do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so all the time. How many t-shirts <laughs> did you give away tonight? So <laughs> he stopped. I'm not allowed to go near the merch now. But, 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 Fifteen pound <laughs> for a T-shirt. Yeah. Check the box. I <laughs> <laughs> could have just say, Andy, you're going to bankrupt the bank. Yeah. Yeah. There's a story now, Chris, more or less, saying you thinking we had hundred T-shirts. Yeah, but, um, there's, there's five missing. Where the gone? It's like, oh, don't worry about it. We've come, we've come off tour down money houses, working uh, and no merch. Uh, <laughs> but that activated your first sort of independent view of look, what's happening here in front of my eyes. Is that right? Well, well yeah, and then so then yeah and. When it, I sort of skip forward a wee bit, but I got, the band of Childish Thoughts that Chris was playing, he was playing drums, and there were, it was just, it was brilliant crack. They would go in and they would set up smoke machines, and the rehearsals only start at midnight, and you bring a carry out with you. And, smoke machines and everything? Uh, well, uh, I was and, I was in the I was 16, like, and these yeah. guys were all off their heads, oh, like, oh, and I was like, what's going on? Well, I wasn't. I, 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 Andy was respectful. Well, you came a bit later than I that. Then, came, I came in a bit later than that. There was somebody else playing bass in it, but I came in. But we ended up playing a few gigs. Yeah, we did some wee records. It was great crack. We had great mm -hmm. crack. But then I had the impetus then to do the two-piece. So I was a different drummer. I was using a couple of other guys. Yeah. And Chris was playing in every band in the county. And uh, I just didn't want to ask him. Uh, and That's because he was... Really, a hot drummer. A hot drummer. We'll bring back that one earlier on. Yeah. He was a top drummer. Oh, he was a brilliant uh, drummer. Uh, there you go, brilliant yeah. drummer. Just use that bit. <laughs> I want, I want but I had a couple of different guys and brought them to gigs. And the first paid gig we ever had was a Sunday Nose and Derry. There you go. And we got um, brought this other guy in and he was, we rehearsed the songs and he was grand. We got to the gig and he was a nervous wreck. And I went, I don't know if we can do this. And yeah. But then eventually then I said, Listen, Chris, I have, a, I have a couple of paid gigs here. Do you want them? And he went, oh, yeah, I'll take them. Brilliant. And that was that. So, But so. it was like, it was I was joined basically to help out. Yeah. 
and never I remember, left. Like, so yeah. there's not been a total commitment. Yet, well, that's that's funny because <laughs> there's a story around that where we like years later we were on doing a BBC interview. Welcome uh, to the BBC yeah. interview, yeah. and it was kind of like. It's like, Andy, you've actually never asked me to join the band. I've just been helping out this whole time. It's like, yeah, just, just stuck around. Yeah. So he joined live on the BBC. <laughs> yeah. So when you were, so then when you did get the band together, um, you, so prepping for your first album, you know, uh, were you thinking to yourself at the time, right, we've got a, a new sound for the, mm. the north of Ireland. Uh, uh, there is, as we chatted, you are a, a punk blues full-on explosion, and uh, but you're steeped in the, as we talked about, the Delta trip and all them yeah. artists would have been inspiring you, whereas maybe other artists at the time uh, starting off would have been inspired, like you were saying earlier on, because the pop charts or whatever it yeah. is. So what kind of wee phase, <clears throat> just for people out there listening, uh, how long does that wee phase take before... Um, you came along and says, right, we've got an album for Aye. us. And uh, how, how long for yourselves? Or Well, I would say probably by the time we got the first album out, we'd probably been doing the band thing for maybe nearly two years or maybe yeah. at that point. Yeah. But the th the th we'd got, because it's, it's it's rooted in the blues and rock and roll, I mean, let's face it, we're not inventing anything. We don't, we're not the most original band in the world, but... We do try to be as original as we can with what we have. Yeah. So what you can do is you can just take a blues song and just play it hard and heavy. And then that's the thing. Yeah. And then you But can you took a different angle to that, you know, because sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you would, you know, for people out there, um, um, Good Suits and Fighting Boots Aye. was the first album. So you've, you have blues artists out there and they take the blues a certain way, but you, you guys keep that, that train, train effect. You know, yeah. pumping the whole time, and, yeah. and you, you do it your way. So, and as I say, you've took a long time. You're a long time together building a good fan base. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when that album came out, uh, for people out there listening, uh, had you decided then I need to go here to record it, or I'm going to get these yeah, people? That was a big. Was thing. there a thought? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just for well, without, when we actually recorded it, we couldn't get a studio because whenever we were talking about it, no one could understand what, what I was saying. Even, I'll be honest, uh, didn't no, know, me Chris yeah. uh, didn't know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had an idea for a sound. Now, this is going around the houses, but, but, but it won't be long. You're right, I, I set up... This, a, is a, this is a Ferrari podcast. Uh, Take I, your time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I set up a little record label called Motor Sounds Records, and it, I'd met a band on MySpace. Yeah. Second time MySpace has been mentioned since we've been here. And... Showing how young we are. I, exactly. I couldn't believe how, how connected we are. Probably. And, uh, I couldn't believe that their album wasn't released. They're, they were from Japan. It was an English guy living in Japan. They're called The Roots. So there was a band, in, there was a label in Switzerland who should have put them out called Voodoo Rhythm. And they, did, they weren't put. And I said, surely Voodoo's going to put you out. And he says, he's been talking to me, but he's been procrastinating and I'm getting uh, a bit pissed So off. this is a label that you... That that, so, so I says, listen, I'll do it. Yeah. I, I'll do it. I'll, I'll set up a label and I'll put your record out. And he went, right, let's do it. So I set up Motor Strange Records, got a distribution agreement. Deadly. Put their, their first album out on just on CD, a couple of thousand copies, did, it, did, it, did the whole thing, put out another three or four records. By then, we'd started... Um, I, we were developing our sound. I'd been talking to Chris Jacks, the guy in The Roots. How did you record that album? 
and he says, I did it this way. And he told me, and he got a tape, a multi-track tape recorder. Old style. Old school. And he says, You should put that, I mean, just that. for people out there listening uh, that mightn't even know what uh, uh, that is. So, you know, and back in the day, so it went from tip uh, to two track. Yeah. To, and uh, so did you go that style? And, we, we, or we, got, we, got, we got a task cam, cam 688. Yeah. So it was yeah. a big brute of a unit. Yeah. It was like, a, it was uh, with a multi-track tape things. This yeah. was probably the highest end. Yeah. But these things by then were absolutely, you could pick, you pull them out of skips, right? Yeah. You remember? People were <laughs> yeah. throwing them away. Uh, they didn't want but them. But they regretted them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. Uh, you couldn't buy these things. No. They're worth thousands now. Yeah. I found again, Lisburn had one, I bought it. I think I got it off him for 200 quid. Brought it down, perfect working order. We went into the into the, the basement of the Masonic Hall in Bambridge and we recorded it ourselves and then I mixed it in our, and did the vocals in our spare room. Well, that sounded mighty. But the, the, th- the thing of it was, I knew I couldn't get anything approximating the sound that I had in my head yeah. if I went into a commercial studio. I just, because... I couldn't even. I could probably couldn't have told them what I wanted, and I yeah. needed that space and time uh, to work at it and go. How do I do this? Uh, and also too, it might have been squeezed to death. Aye. And you would have lost the whole essence Completely. of what you were trying yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, is that something then when you went uh, when you went on and done the album uh, instantly? That sort of shows that you were independent right from the word well, go and that and that situation. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I would give any everybody this advice, but. I'd been doing it long enough. I'd been in and out of that many bands and, and cover bands and doing the blues circuits and doing yeah. all that sort of stuff. I know, and I always say this to people, you don't need to know what you want straight away, but if you know what you don't want, that's a good starting point. You can yeah. you can rule things out. Yeah. And But I also knew that with what we were doing, no label was going to take us on because we were yeah. untested. So well, you, we you, had to do it ourselves. A bit like... Um, a bit like uh, the old uh, blues guys of the old, where they used to go on the highways, they'd print so many yeah. CDs, they put it in the back of the exactly. thing, and they'd go and record, they pop out, it's there, the product, they're on the yeah. road. It, it, you seem to have talked that old, if you're that sorry to say, that Com- old, completely, uh, that sort of old uh, template that has steeped and we don't need pills of uh, fancy this or fancy that. We don't need this and that. Yeah. We just need, this is where we're going. We need the space to do it and it's easy. But it, it, with what we do, it's too easy to overcomplicate it, especially yeah. these days. You've got yeah. that much technology yeah. and the technology is fantastic. Yeah. But for us, it's not necessary. Yeah. And if it's there, there's a temptation to use it. Yeah. So if you just try to keep it as simple as possible. But we got, we got that first album out. Yeah. And it did good work first. And then that got us onto the record label. Then the record labels come to us. Brilliant. So, and that, like, that was uh, an American label that come on board. Initially, with it was a UK label. They did the second album, yeah. Folk Art. And then now we're on an LA label. Brilliant. And Alive. could you ever imagine that you started off and you, you know, like uh, where you started and now you've got an LA label? No. And plus the fact that you've sto- uh, stayed by one of the oldest roots music in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but so. I'm just uh, speaking now about you recording the album. A few weeks back, I seen you perform at uh, Stendhal uh, Festival. Uh, uh, Connor Keyes was beside me and, yeah. and Darren. Yeah, uh, both com- Darren Matthews. Uh, Darren Matthews. Uh, uh, Darren was wearing your T-shirt. Yeah. I don't know if you had scared him. Which one of you had scared the pants <laughs> yeah, we, out of him? We paid him. Uh, and, uh, 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 well, uh, he said to me you were going to beat him up with us. <laughs> no, but he, he was proud to wear it. And I seen, we went over and seen you. It was a packed crowd. Yeah. And... Uh, Wally from uh, Waterloo from Cannon played a, yeah. a, a tune at the end. So how was that like? Just 
we'll pause on that uh, for the live one. You know the way, as last uh, couple of years, it's been kind of, we haven't been able to move. Mm. So now with festivals happening, and you are going to a gig after this tonight, mm-hmm. uh, which is brilliant. And uh, so tell us about that experience, being back out in front of people. What was it like for you both? Um it was awesome. It was really, it was, it was a wee bit emotional. I remember yeah. Yeah. it was emotional in different ways for me anyway. Like I remember before going, I was nervous and I, I would never get nervous before gigs, never, ever get excited. And even before it was having thing, I was ringing up Andy. I was like, man, I'm having nightmares here of forgetting songs, literally dreaming about this, of forgetting songs and forgetting how to set up my drum kit. I was having <laughs> dreams about this. I'm not like me at all. So there's a bit of, you know, a year and a half of not playing live shows. We've done some wee live streams. Yeah. It's not the same. It was... You needed the, the, the feel, the heat of people yeah, and, and, yeah. and that, that there, movement. Yeah. So there was a bit of fear uh, there, you know, getting out there again. But it, it, whenever you got on, it was just awesome. People were there. It was it just was changed brilliant. it. Uh, and, Great venue too. Um, and as, well, it's funny as you're saying that, uh, like it was a brilliant crowd in front of you. Uh, there's been different people come up here to perform, even those in the sort of lockdown when we stuck the rules and everything, um, you know, social distance and all that there. And uh, it'd been, you'd be surprised they just started playing and then just stopped mm, and forgot right. their okay. own lyrics. And, yeah. uh, uh, yep, so it's not, and, and, and they know who they are and it's not a thing. It's, yeah. They just started again and goes, where was I going with that? It's a long time to be not doing a thing. That you... uh, but it's, it's strange. It's that sort of, I suppose it's that muscle memory, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, so... The reason I brought up festivals because I suppose people need to know out there that the Bonnevilles just don't sit from here to there in Northern Ireland. You are a, a band that, that tours and uh, uh, just for people out there, what about other festivals out there away from, from, from Ireland yeah. in general uh, for yourselves? Have you got certain ones you go to or is there... We, 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 we've yeah. quite a few, but they, again, they've been hit by... Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. They're, they're our, our, I would say our favourite one is in... Southern Germany, a one called uh, Right Oak Fest. Do you want and to tell people about that? Just yeah. So, so, so Right Oak Fest is is a, a, again, you know yourself. You become yeah. friends with people. Yeah. You know, for so you get the booking, and so the guy Christian, a guy called Christian Steidel, is a beautiful man, and he set up a festival uh, that was mirroring a thing called the Deep Blues in Mississippi, Definitely. and it was. So he got permission to use the Deep Blue's name and he set it up in Munich. And I remember us getting the email. This was year, this is before we got signed to Alive. And Christian had sent an email through. He says, I said, I'd really like to book the band for this festival. I'm setting up in Munich. It's the first year he'd done it. And uh, you're going to be playing with, uh, the, so far, he says, it's James Legg, Left Lane Cruiser, uh, Guadalupe Plata and another band and then we want you you're going to be going on third or whatever it is I I couldn't believe it yeah this was it Left Lane Cruiser because these these some the, of them bands people know it, yeah. they're your idols they're, oh they were alright and, uh, and, they, and they're on the label uh, that we're on now you see oh man it's like so, one big brotherhood it is yeah. so I said Chris we have to do this the, the money was I can't remember, it was like four or five hundred euro or something. Yeah. I, I said, I don't care, we're going. Yeah. We'll, we'll take we'll take a loss yeah. if we have to. Yeah. Because it was a massive thing to go For with. For us it, it was uh, huge. Yeah, it, yeah. We, 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 because th- those were the sort of bands that if they're coming through Ireland, we'd have been contacting the burger. Can we get the support? Uh, yeah, yeah. So there now we're getting asked. Brilliant. Right? Brilliant. So we go and play the festival. 
backstage hanging out with people whose albums you've got all their albums uh, right and you're trying to be was cool. it shaky knees or was shaky trying, knees, was shaky yeah. knees yeah. And there was a lot Sh- of Jamesons was a lot Jameson, of shaky, shaky were, knees and Jamesons there was a lot of whiskey <laughs> drunk but <laughs> it was great there were and you know yourself Paddy the there's no egos in the room. Everyone's no. hum. And uh, everyone's had the rock and roll knocked uh, out of them. Uh, it's all nice. Uh, everyone's a nice guy. Uh, yeah. And they're they're fantastic people. But we're buzzing just being in, on the bill. Yeah. We go up and play our set. Afterwards, uh, one of the guys comes. Uh, he says, uh, "Have you got any new stuff recorded?" He says, "Well, we're just literally recording a new album, and we're in the middle of writing. We'll be going to the studio soon." He says, you should send that to Patrick from Alive. Oh, this was music I couldn't believe. I, oh, I'd really like to do that. Mm. How do yeah. I, yeah, how, uh, cool. uh, how do I do uh, that then? Another half bottle, please. <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, no, he says, no, stay in touch. I said, okay. So the next year, Christian decides then to move the festival from Munich, the middle of Munich, out to the countryside, which, which is where it is now. And it's in the foothills of the Bavarian Alps. It's a... Absolutely gorgeous, unbelievable. It's like Telly Toby Land. Beautiful. And so who's Dinky on the winky. who's on the, the bill? It's only he's basically moved the same festival into into out from the city to the country. So he's got Leffley and Cruiser, but it's a weekend uh. now. So Leffley and Cruiser, James, like all the same bands. And he's got um uh the Soledad brothers or the, the guys from the Soledad who were yeah. my Maybe. heroes from uh, back in the day, and I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting back just yeah. talking to these guys. We go on player set. The guys from the Soledad Brothers, Leffling, they'll come up to us and say, has Patrick heard your stuff? You really need to get some of this to Patrick. Uh, and we went, well, funny, you should mention it. Uh, We're going home to record our new album. That was, um, uh, Arrow Pierce My Heart, that yeah, turned out yeah, to be. Yeah. And uh, so I said, well, can you hook us up? And he said, yep. Stay in touch. We sent them stuff. They sent it on to Patrick. I'm driving down the road one day, coming to rehearsal to him. Phone rings from LA. And it's Patrick from my life. There you are. I heard your album, I love it. All because of that festival. All because of that festival. So what you're saying out there for people, just that sometimes you just might see the dollar and it's not weighing up. But what you guys done was you went with a a gut feeling. Completely. And how much was it worth to meet all them people that you looked up to? Everything. Everything. They're still still our friends to this day. You know, we do call, we call, we're lucky we call our musical heroes friends. That's amazing. Mm. I mean, and that, well, the people know that now, and, and they might be springboarding you two guys flat out, like, I've got an idea. This is about this song. Do you like the ticket? Uh, but just for people out there, you do do a lot of touring. Is there any wee sort of nuggets of stories you want to tell people about, or, or any that were sort of uh, test? Uh, Test your well-being, let's say. <laughs> Funny, Andy, you're looking at me, yeah. and I think you're right. Just I'm always. Whenever people ask me about the road stories, I'm always sort of hesitant and disappointed, because. It's not as glamorous as people think. No, I know that, but I uh, want to hear yeah, that yeah, one yeah. about at heartburn one day oh. for a full day, you know. At, but I, I will tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Cracker. Right. <laughs> so we played one of the last tours we did, but well, no, it wasn't the last tours we did. It was it was a few years back. We played in Turin in Italy, right? You've, you play in some cool places. Oh, we were very yeah. lucky. Yeah. So we did a big three-week epic drive around Europe, and we're playing everywhere, we're right up to Serbia. That was yeah. a tour that you were uh, constantly up. We were playing at such and such, yeah, and, and walking around. Well, yeah. you seemed to on that tour uh, pick up a lot of kind people along the way. Is that all uh, right to say? You can't, you, you yeah. can't, you can't do it without them. Now, did the, you want to just say about the, that the, tour the, and the, how? Because you could. Well, 
we st- we st- we did we did three weeks. We picked up our gear in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, there's a company we use over there, and you go into this room, and it's just um, it's we actually drove. We drove from England. We've had our own gear had on, our own, on yeah. that tour. Aye, was it? <gasps> oh, you're right. That's uh-huh. right. That was the black van. <clears throat> yeah. Aye, but but anyway, we ended up in Serbia and all sorts of places, Croatia, uh, Croatia and. Everywhere and then, but we ended but up they, coming. They, them te- some of them countries you mentioned there, the, a lot of people wouldn't even think about going touring there. How did that come about? Like, you know, because they are them, you know, you get the normal cities, you know, Milan, London, yeah. you know, you seem to go off the. We do. Aye. Yeah, but that's well, the blues way, isn't it? Well, it is. You aye. know, people ask you, and it's all kind con- as you know, it's, you know, everybody, you're saying about people picking up friends along yeah. the way, you can't do it without. You know, without people, without, uh, and that's what I was saying earlier sport. on about sometimes being a musician, being the best musician isn't always the most important thing. Yeah. You got to be sound, <laughs> and if you're not sound, you're uh, not getting invited. <laughs> no one's bringing you there's to the no party. There's no room at the ball. There's no room at the ball. Uh, and uh, so, into your second uh, album, uh, you know, after uh, I suppose your first album was out there, because I could see it in the north, like people were picking up, and yeah. there was lots of people following you. Um, did you decide then that was you, Chris, getting in full time now in the second album? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, what was the kind of prep for that? Was it the same kind of recording setup, the same way that you'd done it before? No. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, from my point of view, it was definitely different. I think we the death of electric circus. Uh, uh, Definitely electric, electric Jesus. Electric yeah. Jesus. I sorry. Mouthful, isn't it? I know because circles in my head there. And but just for people out there at that time, that album. I know I read somewhere. You can speak about it if you don't want to. You and you both uh, had at the time with something close to you. Yeah. And you it bo- was there was a lot. It was Andy's mother passed away. My dad passed away. Our good friend um, Pete. His um, was it his father? His mum was. I think it was his, his yeah. mum. Yeah. It's a lot to deal with yeah. at the one time because. Well, uh, yeah, it was. I know. Like you can obviously when you hear it and listen to the lyrics, it's. You would know that yeah. there was something going on, but yeah. but we did. You know, it is a bit darker. The, the album, it's it's actually my it's my favorite album of ours. It's weird to say that, but um, I but it was a time like you know um, that was a time that probably there was uh, a lot of musicians are, are going to everybody looks at grief in different ways aye. and uh, creative people sometimes uh, use, yeah, use the pen it. and yeah. uh, uh, and not use it uh, use it as, as a, a force of healing. And a force of well being for yourself. Completely. Is that all right to say? You know, a hundred, hundred percent. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm ta- it was, I'm dealing I'm, at the minute. I'm sort of doing a bit of looking into Taoism and the way the Taoists go with talk about flow. Yeah. Getting the flow state. Yeah. And I was talking with Mickey Bartlett about yeah. this the other week, and he was saying about. Uh, so when I said that, I mean, what is that? He was very interested. Uh. And so we started to talk about that. But I realised when I'd heard about. Taoism and that's a Chinese philosophy yeah. and religion but when I'd heard about it I'd realised that I'd been doing it for years flow state writing stream yeah. of consciousness Yeah. but that album in particular there's a song on it called We're Just the Right Distance from the Sun and it's it's not a very Bonneville song it's, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, one of our favourite one of our fan favourites fans yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, like yeah, a lot as well yeah. though we don't play it out very often but it is literally about my mother, Dan. It, I actually describe her disease in that, and I didn't know. Hmm. It was a year later before I was going, Jesus Christ, hey. You put that's it down. I, and that's that flow set. You talk about the healing. Yeah. And that was all coming out of me. And I It's used, powerful. It's powerful. It's I used that album to heal, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. But my, brothers, my brother and my sisters didn't have what I had. Yeah. And they 
struggled on for years. Yeah. So I, I, I was I able you. to... You're, you were able to adapt and use yeah. uh, use what uh, tools you had yeah. and you too, Chris, uh, to, I suppose, because uh, times like that, they're, they're just come upon you and they, they do different things to different people, yeah. as you were saying. Uh, but uh, you're you're here now. It's uh, I think uh, the opposite side of it is it's, uh, it's an odd two, uh, two great people that yeah. have uh, went on to the great spirit yeah. world too. So uh, that's a positive thing. So the likes of, uh, when you were saying earlier on about touring and, and things like that there, uh, we were chatting and just about uh, like Brexit now and things mm -hmm. like uh, that's going on for, I know I chatted to different bands about that, that the extra costs that might come aboard or do you now decide to go from the doubling out or for yeah. people out there, is there, you know, what's your thinking on that? And has it been a, it hasn't been a, like I was talking to, a gentleman one day in here, and he says, lads, that, uh, you know, it's sort of like there's good things to be had, you know, uh, a, 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 what's going on. But at the same time, there's disruption that needs to be healed, you know, yeah. and I was talking about musicians. So what's your thoughts uh, on that? I don't, well, know, what, I think I don't know what the lucky. good stuff is. And I'd like to know what that money meant by that. But uh, <laughs> I, I think we don't really know the answer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't because it's it's I, I, I actually at this point don't know what is allowed. All I do know is. We both have Irish passports, yeah. so we should be able to do what we were able to do, or yeah. we did before. I think. Yeah, and I think but, that too. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's why I'm asking, yeah. like you yeah. know, and uh, for yourselves, especially uh, yourselves that do go around Europe and think different things like that. That sometimes people aren't aware of tariffs and roads and oh, yeah. you know the different. Yeah. Oh, well, listen, we, 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 if if you've ever, if anybody. Uh, as you said, that doesn't know. We had to deal with this on that tour. When we go into Serbia, because Serbia is not in the EU, yeah. so you've got to do the Atacarnet. You've yeah, got to uh, do the, the the list of everything that's and in. We had to bribe border guards. I, well, with funny merch. you say that. I've had, merch. I, well, another band uh, on here had spoke about that there, about, you know, the 20 Benson and some money. Oh. money. And uh, so for people out there just would probably be thinking this well, couldn't I, I, have happened. I, I, tell you, I tell you what we had to do. We go to the border, right? So Serbia is not in the EU, so you're leaving the EU, you're going yeah. to right, a third country, and which is what UK has done to itself, which is what you know Britain has made of itself. So we went to the border. I was driving. The guy that was working was with us, Alex, great fella. From, he was a Serbian. He, he booked that tour for that region. And he said, he said, you go out because you're the driver. So when, the, when, the, when you open up the... The, the van, they'll want the driver to go out. <laughs> so I had the idea. He was telling us about what the crack was. You know, what they do is they'll literally count all the CDs. They'll count all the T-shirts. They'll count the guitars. Uh, is that to know like, what they know you're what's selling? Going they know yeah. what's going out. And then when you go out, they'll check all. If they want to, they can be real dicks about it or they yeah. can just let you go on. Uh -huh. So I says, well, I had this uh, What's notion. your experience? like? Well, what, what, I took a box of CDs, right? And I sat them at the, the front. Of, so all the merch was all at the Buried at the front, yeah. the back, in the middle of the van. Everyone was piled on top of it. Pure, but I took one pure NA guys. Hater, hater, hater. I, I hater. took one box of CDs. <laughs> hater, don't I, say that. Look, as he rapper there. <laughs> <laughs> I took one box of CDs, set it at the door, and opened it, and split it, like made it look like it was falling about. Uh -huh. Right. So when they opened, they go, "What's that?" And I go, "Oh, that's just free promos. Uh -huh. We give those uh -huh. away. Uh -huh. Do you want one?" Uh -huh. And they go, oh, "Okay." 
and they took one and the guy in the office he wants one as well so yeah, he took one as well <laughs> and we're going to play a gig do you want me to put you on the door at the gig and we'll go yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Andy you're doing this about much with t-shirts and yeah. then you throw it out yeah. <laughs> no no he's doing it again <laughs> give him free stuff but we stuck we stuck them on the door we stuck the border guards on the door at the gig and we give them a load of CDs and they let us through but that's what you're dealing with yeah. No. Yeah. You know, so if you're coming from England, if you're English, you don't have Irish passports, you're not coming. That's what you're going to be dealing with going to France. Yeah. Free border. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be every. Uh, so I suppose, in a way, um, hopefully, what we're saying is that those that can go out through the Irish passport, yeah. uh, hopefully, uh, that'll change. Well, I did read something recently that they're allowing it to go ahead for musicians. They, they still have the same status as being in the EU. No, they were trying to, but the British government turned it down. The, the, really? e, the EU offered it, and the Brit, the British government said no. Ah, so everybody would have flowed the same way. Yeah, yeah. so they said they can have an American Michelle Barnier, I think it was. He he said you can have an, an, an artist visa, which means that you and you can get it on spot. So if you're an artist, so say right, yeah. can you come to Berlin for a gig when tomorrow? Yeah. You can get it straight oh, away. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. You can get it at. Uh, you maybe you can get it at the airport. That's so it's good. a quick thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the British okay. government turned it down and said, "No, we don't want that." So well. you probably just have to go the other way down below and across, and we will. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we've got that option. But we have loads of friends, and sure you have yourself. Yeah. In England, and Scotland, and Wales. Yeah. And my heart's breaking for them. Yeah. Giving yeah. new jobs. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. And do you, do you, like uh, just on that landscape that, you know, there's been a lot of devastation, hasn't there, lads, with right. a lot of creative people from all walks and uh, um, the whole COVID thing, you know, fear, 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 and we're fear, fear, fear. And now we're, we're starting to open up, which is fine. But it's about, you know, I suppose it's the same thing, trying to get people back out to yeah. gigs. You're, you're going to gig a night and it's sold out, which is brilliant. And I mean, but maybe another act booked somewhere, that might be the case because people aren't going out, they're not following, you know, how long it'll take to get, actually get that going again, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean... Everybody's hope, built a bar in their garden. Everybody <laughs> has got a bar now. It's about, years ago, right, they were called Shabins, right? And, yeah. and, you, and, uh, right, and, yeah. you, and you're the worst, go to the Shabin, which one? The green door. Just <laughs> knock. And they came out with cans or weird pots, you know, just blank in your eyes and you wouldn't wake up for two days or something but hey it was some nice crack right so now the legal Sabines is I've got a bar in the back of my garden me and Alistair <laughs> yeah. right so what's your thoughts on that is that I know it's good for people right yeah. uh, but does it uh, take away like I noticed even in a local town after COVID uh, or during COVID a few bars are closed and they're not opening again is that right uh, so I, I think in rural areas that's commonly uh, happening now so uh, I don't know like so I suppose you know, just that whole stop, start, start, stop, and then out. You know what? I, 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 I mean, I, I would hate to see. I hate seeing bars close. I love yeah, bars. Yeah. I love bar life. I love yeah. what they do offer. I do see them as being part of the community, yeah. such as this. Yeah. For us as musicians, the the connection's obvious. You know, yeah. it's it's right there in your face. Uh, you understand why people build. My neighbour built a bar in his backyard, and it's better than most bars. Yeah. You yeah. want to see it? This is yeah. this thing is fantastic. And my cousin, he's a joiner. Oh, the joiner, the joiner guys don't be long knocking around. Ridiculous, out, do they? you know. They knock it out in no time. Yeah, and you stand there turning a sleeveless t-shirt. Hey, by the way, that's <laughs> it now, Chris. Hey, is that you, Happy Chris? Lord, I wasn't even waking up. You that whole thing bolt. You know, you know what they want. Fantastic. It's the 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 amount of bars that have that have been closing across across yeah. the world. I would I th- say. I think it's something that's happening. But the way I'm bringing that up is uh, that. 
I noticed even, I suppose, in, in the uh, UK and different places, there's venues going under, but that's due to developers wanting, as you know, to build, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, But uh, the likes of yourselves, uh, just before COVID, uh, you want to tell the people out there, uh, you were about to start uh, a gig night, a club night, uh, mm. um, in uh, your hometown uh, yeah. of Lurgan. Uh, do you want to tell the people out there, Andy, what that was about and uh, what's your thoughts, you and Chris, yeah. on it and why you started it? Well, d- Probably the reason why you started something like yeah. this, just because, why not? Yeah. It's yeah. a thing that needs happening. Yeah. So we got, there was a venue in the town, the Railway Bar, and it was, it's owned by two fantastic people who, Noel, the owner of the bar, gave me £100 for my first ever demo that I ever yeah. did in the band when I was 20. So you go back yeah. a long way with us. We all gentleman. go back. Yeah. Richie, who's my mate, who we're doing this with, he worked in that bar when he was a young fella. Noel signed his first mortgage for him to get him his first mortgage when he was married and had their first kid. My wife worked in the bar for years. Her father was a musician in the bar for years. He has a residency in the bar. And the place, it's a great venue, small enough venue, but right. it's a great venue and it's not being used. And yeah. there's nothing else going on in the town. So he says... It's yeah, people should know that... Uh too that uh, I was I found extraordinary. How many people t- lives in your own? Oh, it's, it's almost eighty thousand. Eighty thousand people, and, and yeah. uh, that you know uh, that amount of people to There's think no that. There's no venue. Do you know that's uh, so? You definitely have stepped upon something that needs to happen. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so using our connections through the band, through the you know the connections I've made over the years, yeah. we're going, well, I can get good bands, bands that are touring, that are coming through and all the rest of it. So we're going to do comedy night, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We set it all up. We set up the the event pages. We sold it, we sold the tickets, sold it. Everything we put up was sold out. Mickey Bartlett was going to do his comedy nights there and everyone was selling like hotcakes. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> so, uh, as Father Ted said, the money's resting in the account <laughs> for anyone that's. Uh, Do you want to look to that camera there and just tell them uh, <laughs> the money is resting in the account? <laughs> okay. Do you, do you know what was brilliant, Paddy? So we had, as I said, everything was sold out. That was what, what was it? Eighteen months ago, something like that. Whenever, whenever the lockdown started, and that entire time we've issued four refunds. People hundreds wa- of tickets sold for refunds. People want to go. Yeah. Desperate for it. They're still stopping us in the street. What do you think? Do you think you'll get it opened? And people saying this, I said, and I always start, listen, by the way, the money is in there. We're not, it's huh. still there. It's still there. And, and there's, the a, big, there's a donkey, there's a donkey and a big cat. <laughs> and this boy called uh, Emilio Stantilio. <laughs> he's going to wait, he's waiting for the big bucket of money, people. You all, it's but all they right. Don't, they, don't, they don't want it, but he's got, I don't care. I don't uh, care. I just want you to get it open. That's uh, a brilliant, you know. And but that's showing you that uh, the interest within your own community, completely. that there is, there is a, a following of people that, that want comedy nights, that want poetry nights, that want uh, rock and roll nights, to want blues nights, to want the, with the planning you and, have. And, and, the th- and the thing is, Paddy, you know yourself, whenever we grew up, all of us here, you know, in the Troubles, we, you grew up through the Troubles, you don't branch out. You sort yeah. of stay in your community. If you go anywhere, you're maybe you were taking a wee risk and you'd be, you'd yeah. be careful. And then that made everybody sort of, a, maybe, maybe, I'm suggesting, uh-huh. maybe made everybody a wee bit more insular. Yeah. So then, and then obviously world-class touring bands, they're not going to go through your hometown, uh-huh. right? But that's not what the world is anymore. So people go to Belfast, they go to Dublin, they go to Cork, they go to yeah. London, they go everywhere, yeah. and they know who they want to see. Why is that comedian not playing uh, in my home? Why uh, is he not playing uh, in Ireland? Uh, I can't right. give you a good reason as to why uh, he's not playing. Like he should be. He should be. 
I mean, Mickey Bartlett being from there. Yep. Your own hometown is madness. And it was brilliant. And we set it all up. The whole thing was all set up. It was artist-centric. So we got Mickey down. And we were saying, right, Mickey, this is the room. How do we make this work? Nah, for a comedian. Because he had seen it. And he, he goes, knows. well, what about this? Do this. Move that. Hit that. Get that over there. We can do this. So, right, that'll do. We took all the notes. We'll give you a shout next week. We set it all up. Brought him back in. Said, right. What about this? And he went, perfect. He yeah. says, I'll have a comedy night in here every week. That's deadly. Every week. And see, what people need to know out there too, um, for the good people listening, that that gives opportunities for the new artists that are coming up, along with people like yourselves, a support slot, or along with Mickey or, yeah. or Connor Keys and these guys yeah. that are, you know, as I say, are, are at a different place and a different Completely. level. You and, have to have it. Well, I mean, for... Um, People out there um, should be throw out a date that's going to start. You know, you this is an ad break, right? So you have to get this right. This is a, you have to sell us, not not give it away free, right? Right, right. So for all the people out there, so what we want is the name of it. Where's it at? Uh, who's playing first? And then. Uh, well, Andy, ad break. Chris, you can come in if you feel like it. You're scratching <laughs> your beard there, looking at me all strange. <laughs> the club, it's called the Black Cat Club. Lethal. It's going. It's running out of the Railway Bar in Lurgan, and the first band will be the Bonnevilles, and that that take, that show has sold out. We'll be doing weekly comedy nights, weekly uh, whatever poetry. We'll be having rock bands. Blues bands, punk bands, soul bands, solo artists, whatever we can accommodate everybody and we want to. And we're really excited. There's four of us there, including Mickey, there's five of us. We're very excited about there's it. There's five excitable people. Five excitable Five people. excitable, respectable yeah. adults winning. Do it about respectable now. Uh, uh, <laughs> slightly respectable adults. <laughs> and as soon as the government gives us a go-ahead, we'll be doing uh, this. As soon as the government gives us a go-ahead, we are ready to roll, good people. Yeah. Well, just when looking at you and say, you're big, strong-looking lads, right? You know what I mean? And a sport, <laughs> something you do, or, or uh, a scene... Uh, I was chatting to yourself, Andy. You were saying about your you've picked up uh, again. Is it soccer or Gaelic? Uh, and uh, do you want to talk about uh, how you keep fit? Is Andy the man? And well, I seen you with the hurl one time too. Yeah. Like, so what's hey, a bit everything. I'm a cyclist. This is what I've come up doing. My family or because you're fit looking lads. You know, big strong lads. <laughs> I just got youth on my side. I'll trade. I'll trade a bit of strength uh, for a bit of youth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, um, I know I do. I, I came up cycling and raced all for for years and mountain biking and all sorts of things. But then recently, there my mate Richie, who we run the, the the Black Cat Club. He's a coach at a football club, so he asked me. He said, "Listen, I'm starting an over thirty fives team. Would you come along, make up the numbers? I have a I have a very very dodgy knee." I just oh, I don't think is so. Is that not about unfair? You only been twenty five and going well, well, to this play. Is it, you know, this is it. Uh, I have to I have to dye my hair grey at the sides <laughs> in order to you know pass inspection. But uh, you come along now. <laughs> <laughs> we top up there, make me look older. <laughs> yeah, bend over. There we go. Uh, no, yeah, so yeah, so we're doing that, and uh, it's br- actually I, I didn't expect to enjoy it so much. I thought yeah. I was just going to go along, make up the numbers, help Richie get that off the ground, and then step off the one side but i went no i love this so we're tomorrow we're playing which is a uh, 
Sunday, which will be Sunday the 29th of August, we're playing a Comedian's Eleven, Shane Todd's Comedian's Eleven, in Knock Rammer Park in Lurgan. Do you know oh, what? I can imagine them guys trying to tickle the ball off you and tell you a wee joke <laughs> so they get it back. From what I understand, Shane Todd's a bit of a, a he's a good footballer and Sean Haggerty's playing with him. He's another but, Lurgan man as well. But the, he's but, very good. But the Lurgan shoulder, oh, uh, it'll stop him. Well, <laughs> now, what's the lurking show? We're not going to get too rough on it. See, there you are. See, we picked uh, it up there. Chris uh, Bambridge, uh, you know, what is this disgusting <laughs> thing? What, what do you do? Do you stand up and you hit someone with a shoulder? I love <laughs> the how you pronounce Bambridge. Like it's, 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 a, it's a really fancy place. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bridge, isn't it? Uh, 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 what about uh, yourself, uh, Chris? I you? was into big into sport when I was younger. I uh, played football all the time, played Gaelic in school, and and then I got into music and just uh, haven't. It happens a lot when you're yeah. in the GA. Like I used to play, I was telling you, uh, and I used to play a lot of hurling and it just comes a time where you kind of... Yeah. Although I really do want to get into some sort of fitness because I've got two kids and <coughs> got a sore back all uh, the time. Have you got an addiction to Farley's Rusks or any of that stuff? No, no just way. an addiction to Buckfast. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <And fags>. uh, <laughs> so parents out there, Farley's Rusks, spring water, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Buckfast, and Buckfast, just to give you that last wee tonic. Well, Buckfast actually, right, do you want to know Buckfast was actually this is like have health giving properties. It Buck, says Buckfast was, and I'm showing my age, but Buckfast used to be sold in chemists. I right? remember that. I remember seeing that as yeah. a, sort of a, a one of them ones where people would have said about uh, you know. Uh, you know, take brandy and port because you've drunk for five days in a row. Like your stomach is going to be in bad shape anyway, right? <laughs> so, uh, so this stuff was in the chemist, and it was like a tonic. It was only supposed to lift you. You know, if you were like, I don't. But know. you're only really supposed to take like a wee shot of it. Well, that, nip. well that's the thing. But Aye. then people call on. There's a bit of a uh, nip of this, yeah. Yep. And then they were sort of. Uh, then it just uh, yeah. the monks blasted it and sent it out to the world, and so uh, tasty, they so call it off. So good when it touches your lips. Uh, it's a rock and roll sort of stable, isn't it? The buck fast around there. People take the piss out of me for it because now I'm a bit older and I would still. People bring it to him for gig, uh, gigs. If we uh, go on tour, people, people bring a bottle of buck fast. Uh, so yeah. just uh, right, to tell people out there that Chris, uh, if you're ever going to see the Bonnevilles. Yes, bring buck fast. Buck fast. Bring, <laughs> yes. And bring it really fast, right? Don't, don't mess around. And, uh, so like, going and back in that there. So the likes of. Uh, you guys in the road all the time, you know, and uh, so uh, do you sort of, there's no sense saying you pack a, a sandwich box in the way, like, do you stay in sort of places where you have to cook and who would be the cook of the two? And so who's we've never cooked. We've no. never cooked. Um, well, we, we, a couple of, we've stayed in an Airbnb. You see, uh, we're starting to do Airbnbs now. Yeah. So that's a recent sort yeah. of thing. And that's a good it was thing, isn't hotels. it? Well, it means you can cook. So we've done uh, that a couple uh, of times uh, in uh, France and stuff, I remember. Uh, yeah. Um, but we usually stay in hotels and get our, you know, if we're, we do, try not to stay in people's houses because they, they, they're, you know, the band coming to town is a bit of a party for them, but we've uh, got to go to another town the next night, I, so we've got to keep they, ourselves... They see this thing and it's, it's four bottles of Bucky and sing all night, yeah. And you're going to go, yeah, I, but you've you got to look after yourself. We, we have done it. We did it at the start. We slept on people's floors, and but as we got into it a bit more after years, we realised that we can't do... A week long of gigs and uh, stay in people's houses. It's you know, lying a city or lying a floor, all sort of. You, yeah. you know, like you, and like some people would almost think, oh, you're being a bit poncy, maybe asking uh, for a hotel, but it's 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 for the greater good. You uh, know, it's, it is. Well, it's for, not poncy about it. Uh, I mean, the person that you're arriving to, they've just opened the door for you guys at seven o'clock. Yeah. 
they're there. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. you have traveled God knows how many hundreds of miles. Oh, and, you, and, you, you, you know, have been driving for 10 hours. We've done that yeah. many times. And, and you have to, it is, you know, it is a marathon. And you do have to pace yourself. Yeah. Without a doubt. Because uh, if you, it's different. Well, I suppose whenever you're, maybe whenever you're younger, but you know, your tours are only lasting. Yeah, a weekend. A weekend. <laughs> you know, it's Aye. not even a tour. It's Aye. just a long weekend away. Aye. And you can maybe go a bit mad on it and all the rest of it. But if you're looking to do it for a living, you do need to... Stabilise yourself. You really do. And we would do th- practical things like, you know, we would bring fruit on in the van. Because yeah. it means then when you go to fill up a diesel, you're not going to buy a pasta. Plus all you the can't time. buy fruit on motorway. Uh, you can't buy uh, fruit on motorway. So if you need a snack, uh, you can do that. Otherwise, uh, you want to eat five pasties a day. I know. You just turn into some obscured Norfolk-shaped uh, balloon, thing, sort aye. of, you know, just... Uh, Which we did all that, and the reason that we do that, that we know that, because we did it wrong for years, uh, then eventually we yeah. went, no, we need to discern. Because people, sometimes you just want that quick hit, don't you, and you just go in and get that uh, type of food. And, well, it's and, easy. It's easy. And, you, like, I suppose you, when you're on the road, fruit and things like that can keep you going and keep you going. Without and, a doubt. And so the likes of... Uh, your third coming into your third album, you have four albums out. Yeah. Right. So your third album, how did how did that all come about? Then you you've been together like I think it was two thousand is it seven to eighteen? We were what? Oh, I can't remember. I don't even know what year that what uh, year that album was out. Sixteen was it? Sixteen? No, maybe. Aye. Aye. Mm. Uh, might have been sixteen, something like that. We recorded that with Michael Mermika. Two sixteen. Aye. Uh, yeah. Um, Arrow pierced my heart. That was uh, Mojo Mike. Aye, yeah. aye, and uh, so deadly. But he was up here too with Amy. Uh, yeah. So he's a multi instrumentalist. He knows his sounds. But was he someone that captured you? Well, he obviously did. You've well, he was a fan of the band. He aye. would come to gigs, aye. and then he got us like he got what we wanted. He, he kind of he, he, so he knew who we were, and then the guy that we recorded the second album with, a guy called Walter, he had a studio in Belfast, and he closed it down, and went to work for the BBC. He still wanted to do the album, so we had a rehearsal room. So he says, "I can set up in the rehearsal room," oh, but yeah. we wanted to go to a studio. Aye. We had it that was that m- time then, was it? We had that in mind. Aye. So Mike was always there. He was always we were always aware of him, and he always said, "Listen, if you ever need me, you know I'm there." So we, Stevie Scullion from Melodian would be a great mate of mine, and, and he'd recorded a lot with Mike. Mike was in his band yeah. for years, and uh, and our <clears> prolific songwriter in the yeah, north too. Yeah, great, great yeah. guy. So yeah, so we ended up going down to Mike, and we just booked in for a week and got her done. And yeah. It was brilliant. And, and yeah, and so for the legs of uh, now the two units going in there as uh, uh, a two piece, do you kind of just know right away how it's going to click? You know, well, whenever we go or is every song a golden song, or do, do there be ones you go? We need to get this right. It's just not right yet, but there's something you know there. <laughs> you well, know, we we would we would have the work done before uh, we go to the studio. Yeah. And that's, but why I brought that up, but um, do you want to tell people out there why you do that there and rehearse? Save money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah. We rehearse, like, we don't actually do a lot of rehearsing f- as a band because we gig a lot. So yeah. we don't need to rehearse. Uh, that's a good one. And there's only the two of us. So at the end of the day, it's not very complicated and we can remember. Yeah. If we need a, a bit of it, like, we haven't gigged a lot because of COVID, so yeah. we did go into the rehearsal room, yeah. which we have. And we was it strange it. meeting each other, no face to face after all the just big hugs, probably. Uh, but you know, we still, we, you know, even though we weren't gigging, we're still in contact a lot because there were still things happening, you know, yeah. releasing things, and 
you know so yeah but you, you, so it wasn't really strange because we, we still stayed in contact uh, all the time, yeah. you know? i think it was, it was kind of weird meeting people outside of your wee bubble uh, in uh, general but uh, yeah the, the, we uh going into the studio we would hit it hard. We would hit the rehearsal room every day for weeks, yeah. and get and the so, and a lot of the songs too. So I would be writing, and then once you get a batch. So again, back to the old school uh, thing. You would write on and then tour and gig and tour yeah. and write and tour and gig, and then next thing you got ten songs, eleven yeah. songs. You go right, let's go and record uh, these. So people don't even notice probably that you guys are slipping Dr- songs them into the set. Yeah, and yeah. seeing the time, how they yeah. go. And they uh, change yeah. when we play them live then, and yeah. we realise, oh, that, that, that feels a bit better doing it that way, you know. Yeah, that's really good, cause, yeah. and I suppose it's, it's a method for people out there that shows how much you guys actually tour, <laughs> because that's yeah. how you have yeah. to do it. It's yeah. not that there's any other way. No, exactly. Yeah. You can't, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have a... We don't, we, it's, it's actually weird, too, because over this period of lockdown, I haven't done hardly any writing yeah. over the COVID thing. I've done very, very little. You th- yeah. I thought I would. Well, you had a solo album out Gothic. Well, I did have a yeah. solo album, Northern uh, Gothic, but yeah. band stuff. I uh, should have. I sh- probably should have been doing more of it. Uh, but maybe. But did you feel like doing that time? You know, when you're not. No, it, you, you don't feel it. I didn't, I didn't feel this. it. I really yeah. didn't yeah. feel it. Aye. But um, going out on the road and gigging again. So we've played two or three gigs now since uh, this past month or whatever. I'm starting to drop. We going out to the studio and knocking wee things together. Yeah. So it's starting to come back in. Yeah, and you have your own setup too, Andy. Uh, yeah. And and because <clears throat> I should say too that you've done loads of podcasts. I do. I uh, and uh, so uh, why did you start them? Was it just the world around you? You want to chat because you chat about a lot of different things. I do. Uh, well, I'm a very <coughs> political, politically motivated person, and I wanted to talk about that. <coughs> um, Politics, culture, and other shit is now. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I wanted to. So, it took me again. It's that thing we were talking about. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I started doing it anyway, and then eventually I kind of distilled it down into okay, this is the thing that I'm after. Yeah. So politics, culture, and some other shit, and always have sort of a political topic, whatever yeah. Yeah. Be going on. Like last week was Afghanistan, and yeah. talk about that. Yeah. And then, but always finish with the something to do with culture try to do it but yeah. but irish culture if i can yeah. the human always. the human rights aspect is big for you big stuff yeah huge yeah. yeah i'm a big social justice warrior yeah i <laughs> uh, no, that, no that's good like i mean and, and in a sense that because that that's what you're comfortable with and i suppose yeah. you said earlier on about growing up in certain times and i yeah. know that myself trying to move about even get to a gig was a nightmare or yeah, yeah. for us to go to a gig in Belfast yeah. was a nightmare you know and so well what about now when you're playing together? Is, it, is there new ideas you're going to come out come out with, or is there any stuff you're thinking of putting out now as a band? Now that we're sort of starting to open up, and I think we would need to start. But I mean, it's, if someone was were saying that we're starting to write, and someone go, "Oh, I expect new albums soon." Well, mm-hmm. that's that's a year at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I not, we'll not put out anything that we can't stand over, you know. And yeah, not, we'll not just not. Like we've been together, what, 13, 12, 13 years, yeah. four albums, you know. We 13 years, we've never aged one <laughs> iota, not one day. Fresh and clean looking. Fresh and clean. Daisy, you just walked through that door and a shirt sure just came down on you. So it was like it was like a blessing shirt, you know. Like, it was like an Instagram filter. <laughs> <laughs> one big filter, just all of them gorgeous yeah. looks you have. Yeah. You know? and, uh, but look, I was, there's... 
you have a fourth your fourth album as well. I mean, people should know that you're a prolific band. I mean, every few years you put out an album. Is that something you think for any young acts out there now um, that are listening? Uh, we could go down the road a bit where things have been played now and all that, but we will just say the mm. word band camp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. uh, we'll say band camp. And Andy, you'll say the word band camp. I'll say the word band camp. And Chris, yeah. you say the word band camp. Band camp. Uh, band camp uh, for, for people that want to find all of uh, the band's music. But what's your thoughts uh, on the likes of now the new mediums that are out there and for a band starting off? Any advice, you know, for young bands sitting out there just maybe listening I, I I do feel sorry for them. I think, and, and although we, again, I'm not going <laughs> to mention it now for the third time tonight, and it will age us all, but MySpace w- w- was a thing, a tool that you could use for a, while, a long while until they ruined itself, that you could use to promote your, 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 your music. And we all did. Yeah. But now it goes on to the, the, the digital streaming services. And... It's like you're selling your soul to the devil in the worst, in the, at the beginning of your career. You haven't even started. Yeah. But it worked. Well, well yeah. it can work. And how else are you going to get your music yeah. out the there? The mediums have changed, haven't they? Completely. Like, you know, like, yeah. you know, years ago, uh, I was growing up, and you sure you know, Andy, you were looking at the magazines and you were looking at this, and the band came out and they toured and everybody followed and you could see certain people. But now um, it's great that you're seeing music from all over the world. But the yeah. consumption of it and how it's been... Uh, put across the people and the hurt it's doing to artists. It's it's really, it's one of the good things about, about what we do. We said right from the very start, right, we're, we're making CDs, we're making vinyl and we're making t-shirts and we're going to go out in the road and we're going to sell mm-hmm. to people to make our living and that's what we're going to do, which, is very, which was a completely old school way of doing yeah. things. And I remember talking with Declan Legg. Yeah. Declan Legg. Yeah. Great fella. And he was, I think he just picked up Jealous of the birds. He's a music management and producer. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just picked them up at the time and picked her up at the time. And I went down to his house that was talking to him. I can't remember what it was about. And uh, he was, he was, so he said, what we, so we were talking about, he, what the, he was talking about releasing singles digitally. Yeah. And I said, oh, sure, we don't do any of that. He said, what, what are you used to? And I told him, I said, we, print vinyl and we sell t-shirts and we have a record label and they huh. send it to us and we go out in the road and we sell and he looked at me <laughs> like I was something from the 1800s he went you're joking I went no he said people buy records and t-shirts in 2016 whatever year it was I went yes a lot of them by the way and he went I don't believe I could I says, how many streamings does your single get he says, it'll get millions I said, yeah. see, we don't get millions of streams. Uh, yeah. We get thousands of streams. Yeah. We're not get millions of streams. So we yeah. have to sell the records. Yeah. That's, that's, your, that's your part you add on into this whole digital phase that's happening. Yeah, but, I, but on that, though, I think it's because of our fans would be more older people. And older people are willing to buy the physical copies. I think you know, people wasn't. are now too, though. So get, the younger people are getting there. I they think, are. That, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a change, in, and you're right there. Especially when you walk in the HMV, when you know HMV now has a whole record for section. Yeah. That's uh, when you know it's, it's coming changed. back. Yeah, 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 and it's strange because I mean, it, uh, it it became this. You know, there was an era there of everything that new has to disappear and be broken up and thrown away. Do you know? Yeah. Uh, and uh, even the. The reason I think it was so dear to start to press now because years ago there was loads of presses, now yeah. there's only a few. So hopefully more will come out and then... Jack White, he, sure, he set up his own printing press. There you are. In, in Detroit. Uh, Detroit. There you are. 
just there a couple of years ago, he said he bought some engineers in Germany, went and reversed engineered the machines because they chucked them all out. There you go. Just well, what I said there. Exactly. Yeah. That. Yeah. Went and reversed engineered them, set up a factory, said right, we're going to make these. And Jack White went, I'll have the first one off the... Brilliant. Yeah. So, and, but I suppose it goes right back to um, the old days of... Uh, the old blues artists were on the road. They just went into the machine and printed it, the big rubber yeah, style one, and, right, yeah. and they filled the cars. Yeah. And that's why half the, the tax and revenues after them when they're yeah, about 80. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, where well, was it going? Well, that's with James Burnt. I mean, James Burnt did that. He, yeah. he um, a lot of, when you listen to all that early James Brown stuff, early to mid, yeah. sort of mid, mid late 60s, that's him on the road. Yeah. And oh, yeah. every ah, the yeah, every record yeah. sounded different because yeah. it was a different recording studio. Yeah, that's it. That's and it. they would go right. We're 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 playing tomorrow night. We're playing here. Right, where's that? There's a studio there. Right, let's go in. Okay. And they would go. And then you would hear. And then you would hear him telling the band what to do on the record. <laughs> right, hit it. We're coming to the break. <laughs> hit the break. But he would do it as James Brownie. <laughs> James Brownie went. Uh, and but that's what they did. Yeah. Get the records pressed and then sell them the next. That and night. it's actually nearly come back around again. You know. Hopefully. And and, uh, and I mean. Uh, all them old, older artists like uh, Chuck Berry and mm. Jerry Lee Lewis, all them dudes done that printing as you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so it, it, and so you're just taking an, an old method and throwing it up to the <laughs> world now. Well, how do you like Satuians unwind when you're on tour? You know, because obviously you're 24 hours together and all the, yeah, you know. In the same van. Or do you read books or is, is it Harmony Farts or what way is it? Uh, <laughs> quite good. We know when we're pissed off of each other, uh, you know, so we know when to give each other space. Is like, it? Is it a, but it's, it's <laughs> 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 well, that's it. No, who gives a lot? Come on, who gives well, a lot? It's always Andy being uh, the angry one, like you know. <laughs> you're from Bambridge. <laughs> yeah, I prefer passionate. Well, you would read a lot, you know. Mm. Whenever anything we're in England, I would actually go to the cinema a lot. Um, but if we have any free time, but do you know what? See, when we were away, we it is normally we don't have an awful lot of free time to do anything. You yeah, go to all yeah. these different cities and you're literally, yeah. like when we did a three-week tour, like Andy was doing all the driving because I wasn't able to drive at the time. Mm-hmm. And like we were doing seven, eight hours a day. Yeah. So you had no time to unwind. Uh, you were literally driving there was to no, a venue. Basically, there was no luck. Oh, look at that statue there. No, no. none of that. Look at it's that ri- riverbank there, Andy. It's terrible. You don't <laughs> get that. You go to the best places in the world uh, and you don't get this. Uh, you just get to see the venue. Yeah. yeah. I've got uh, a good story about that. I remember uh, when I first met my wife, um, we went, decided to go on our first holiday together. We, we, Shelley was saying to me, like, where do you want to go? I was like, let's go somewhere that we've never been before, that both of us had never been. So uh, she said, what about Brussels? I was like, yep, let's go. That's awesome. So we were there for a couple of nights and then we were trying to find out if there's any music anywhere. And this guy's like, this, there's a venue on the road. Go there. It's got good, great bands. I walked in. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, I've been here before. <laughs> I've, I've actually played in this venue oh, before. Oh, that's mad. Yeah. I was just like, she was like, flip me. Like, uh-huh. Shelly she, she was trying to find somewhere unique uh-huh. for them too, to have an experience. Because uh-huh. they, they were going around and go, oh, I've been there, I've been there, I've been there. So he's uh-huh. Brussels. But he didn't know he'd been to Brussels. It was only when he walked yeah. into the venue, because that, that's all we've seen of him. You should have brought your wife up here, lad, to detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, all, that's, all, that's all, but that's what I mean. That's all you ever see of the but city. But that's an example, exactly what you've just said there, yep. uh, happening and it could happen again in a romantic yeah. weekend. Uh, but at the minute, uh, so what's the plans for the Bonnevilles at the minute? I know you're playing tonight uh, uh, yep. at the Atlantic, the Atlantic, Atlantic Bar. Atlantic Uh you, Have you played there before? Many no. times, yeah. Yeah, and you've always got a, I'm sure, a solid, I think there's oh, no yeah. tickets, it's all gone. And, yeah, and, and it's, it's seated, so there's 100 tickets, so it's all 
Yeah. Well, as far as I know from this morning, it's all gone. Yeah. But um, it'd be weird though, sitting gig, you know, being uh, a bit strange, you know. But uh, I'll just give a death and, and uh, close, it. close the eyes. I do want to bring up just uh, the story too about uh, Clarksdale. Mm. Uh, do you want to tell the people the story about Clarksdale and getting there and uh, the home oh, of the blues, right? Uh, unbelievable. So, so uh, what was the timeline there? And, well, for people, and tell people out there because if people, I know a lot of people know about, you know, the, the Route 66 and all, but there's uh, a whole... Oh, yeah, no, no, Mississippi's where uh, it's at. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean, the Delta and all. Yeah. Yeah, so... Well, we could... It's, we're, we're, so... I was telling you about Christian Stadel and yeah. the Deep Blues Festival yeah. in Munich and yeah. how we ended up getting signed onto the Alive Records then from that. Well, the original festival that Christian took the name from, Deep Blues, so there was a guy in America running Deep Blues Festival in Clarksdale, Mississippi. So he invited us over. Deadly. So we ended up going to the original festival. So um, we, we hadn't signed for Alive. We got our record contract, so we printed it out. And we signed the record contract on the crossroads for Robert Johnson, Soul to Soul to the Devil. Yeah. Amen. 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 It was brilliant. So uh, are we deliberately... Did you do a wee dance? No, no, no. Ah, shit. I was buzzing. I was buzzing. <laughs> Not even a wee copy. <laughs> no, I was, just, I was walking around like I was just smiling all uh, the time. Everything was, looks like a movie. It's the uh, most amazing place. We played Junior Kimber's Juke Joint and we played the festival and we played in... Tupelo, Mississippi, and we made friends there, and we're still yeah. friends with them to this day. Yeah. But but what people should know out there, friends, is that uh, the music you're playing that was the it's where soul, it come from. the soul of it. Oh, it's where, without it, that's 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 where it comes from. Yeah, it comes from Mississippi. Yeah, and all and the soul music that we all grew up on, you know. Is the next week extension? Is the next extension? Because the gospel was pre. They were, you know, and they, they all, all, but they all come from Mississippi. All those musicians all, that, all come from Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. They built, and the reason it all ended up in Chicago was because they built a train line direct from Mississippi to from Memphis to Chicago, and then Chicago became the home. Then Chicago became the home of the blues. Yeah. There you go, and electric that, blues. Yeah, and that so and all, but all those guys, all those early guys in Muddy Waters, they were Wilson, all sitting in the rocking chair, all sitting just, on their porches yeah. in Mississippi, yeah. and then eventually took they themselves stole my off. land away. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and so, but then that's the it's weird because where you are at now and, and being out there and playing along with acts that that you know and seeing acts that you, yeah. you grew up uh, and being over here I suppose will you go back to places like that or is that a, a, a futuristic because I know you're both uh, you've got kids and you're like and that's what I wanted to ask you too like you've got kids and your family life and all the rest that goes with it is it hard to juggle everything and then disappear for fan gets priority over everything <laughs> <laughs> you sure you want to keep that <laughs> 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 our, way, our wives know as well enough well do you, uh, well, do you want to just without, do you want to just mention your wives names because they they do deserve credit too you know oh, what I mean I'm just trying to be the devil's advocate keep your marriages alive here yeah. And, uh, so go no, listen. My, 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 my wife's called Janie, and I've I've absolutely no no problem with giving her complete credit for it. She's carried me. Yeah, she's she, she's paid bills on a waitress's wage whenever I wasn't putting any money. Uh-huh. You know, for years that happens yeah. more often than you'd think. Yeah. And so, and you know, she comes from a musical family and all the rest. But so she understands the life. So yeah, without her, I wouldn't. You've got a wee angel. You've got a wee angel there. Without yeah. a doubt, uh, I'm definitely lucky. And, and Chris, what about you? Shelley's the same. She, well, I met her. I was in bands, and she like she's not interested in bands. She doesn't really like music that uh, much, but she knows my love for it. Uh, and I think she'd be, you know, she would never stop me from doing anything because she knows I'll just turn into a grumpy old. 
Would you just get the slippers on and switch off? I'll watch that no goddamn way. show no on TV, 7.30 every night. That's I'll it, see during COVID, like yeah. every, like at my practice room, like three, four nights a week, I'm just away playing drums at uh, night time. Uh, it's hard to know, <laughs> people stop you sometimes. Away from the wife. Did you see last night what happened on the touch and touch? And I go over to my mother, no. she's in her 80s, and she, oh, that's a bad in there. And I'm sitting looking at it thinking, I haven't seen these shows since <laughs> I left <laughs> the house. <laughs> no, no, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? And, and so uh, do you know uh, what I mean by that? And lad? you don't get the references. No, and, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like, he's a bad boy there, and oh, she, you should see what she's at, you know? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, but so for people out there just I always say uh, thanks very much for coming on lads I could talk to you all night but I know you have to go and thank you for taking time out to come and no, chat to me thanks for asking and, us uh, so I was just going to say for people out there uh, that, are, that listen to the show and thanks for, for listening uh, I always thank K- uh, Tiernan and the camera Nathan uh, Kayleen and Stella uh, for taking part and uh, for yourselves so just to tell people out there where they can get uh, in touch with you your merch your uh and your music and your own podcast as well, uh, Andy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, well, my podcast is is uh, is politics, culture, and some other shit. And you can get it on all the apps wherever, uh, Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. It's all it's all available. And then it's just the, all the band stuff. Just search the the Bonnevilles. It's all there. It's on it's the, the, the bonnevilles.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, the, the lads have it's got a website, thebonnevilles.co.uk, yeah. and the guy in the scarf that was the promoter that's that we were talking that, that, about. That's our <laughs> desperate bid to remain independent. We've got our own website yeah. that nobody visits. Long, have, long live independence, lad. Put the arms in the air. Oh, absolutely. After absolutely. God, Chris, <laughs> I know you're posh. You're not doing, he'll, not be getting, he'll not be getting midday tea, Andy, for that carry on. There, lads, thank you very much. Give thank yourselves you, a round of Thanks, 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 lads.